on a scale of one to Russian bathhouse. What is your sweat level? Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal to suck a little less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Cole. And this is episode number 33, recorded August 6th, 2021. Frank, how you doing, sir? I'm good. That was uh, quite a few false starts we had. <laughs> there was a lot of production chaos. Was- Who's who's counting though? Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. The back office, the back office people have to deal with the mess we leave in the recording. That's, so we'll leave I, that to the professionals. Yeah. So um, I, I I have a, a, a it's actually rather disappointing. I um, so we've made a, a um, we may have to uh, rescind one of our picks. Oh no! Yeah, I don't have a sounder Wait, for this, but I'm gonna have to. You don't- it's some um, kind of failure. I, I mean, I, I can do the buzzer and that kind of thing. It doesn't matter. Um, backstory. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I, I actually, I don't remember when we did it exactly, but uh, I made a recommendation for um, a, uh, a mouse and keyboard brand that I used, a peripheral brand called Fanatic. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a gaming gaming style mm-hmm. brand of, of equipment. Um, so I. Um, I've gone through two of their mice. The second, both of them broke the exact same way. The back button stopped functioning properly. Something inside the mechanic, the button itself stopped hitting the actuator and it wasn't functioning. The most recent one that I bought, I bought back in April. I have had it for several months. There is zero reason that it should have broken. I should have been able to sit there and click that button all day for six months and it should have worked just fine. Um, But it didn't. And I didn't. Um, Which is in fact how you make all of your money professionally you just sit there at the office <laughs> clicking buttons you don't have any purpose I mean, true no knowledge no. of what you're doing you're just pushing <laughs> the mouse button and so i uh of course you know i just bought this thing i reached right out to their yeah. to their company and of course uh, went to the hardware warranty page and there they say okay send us a video of what's going wrong send us the invoice mm-hmm. send us the serial numbers okay sure fair a enough piece of cake yeah send all that information off and I get this email back and I actually think, hold on a second. I think I'm actually going to read the first one because it was, it, it, it's, it's a little, it's a little, huh? <laughs> so, um, let's see here. So I send all the information. Thank you for reaching out to Fanatic customer support. Sorry to see there's an issue with the side button after checking the said information that you provided us from amazon.com bought it on Amazon. We can see that the item was purchased through a third party seller on their platform. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the name of the third party. Since we aren't able to extend our warranty for products, which are sold through third party sellers, we would kindly point out that you reach out to the seller through their profile on amazon.com. Here's the following link. Kindly check with them for the warranty on their side to see blah, blah, blah. Thank you for your understanding with this matter. So, uh, so I, I, I responded uh, and I immediately see what's going on here and I go, okay, this is gross, but, um, this I, is shenanigans, uh, total shenanigans. So I respond and I, okay, this is a little, I'm a little confused. I mean, the product didn't arrive damaged. That would be the seller's responsibility. And they're just an Amazon reseller and they use the standard policy which is 30 days for seller related damage but this is months later it arrived perfectly fine 
I unboxed it perfectly fine. It worked for months and now it's broken. That's a manufacturer defect and should be your responsibility. And so I get a response and we get a response. Thank you for reaching out. I'd like to inform you of our warranty policies. I am leaving the screenshot and the link to the page from our site. And uh, (laughs) if you have purchased any gear through an authorized third party reseller, it's important that you're made aware of further warranty rights. Uh, You retain warranty, right? Blah, blah, blah. Authorized reseller make use. Basically, it's this legalese. Basically, in, in these these in these convoluted terms that make it sound positive. They're basically saying, yeah, we're not honoring our, our any hardware manufacturer warranties if you don't buy it, I think, through them. So, like, you can only buy that buy it. Which is them. which is garbage, which is garbage because these companies rely on the, their network of resellers. Yeah. Now, the, the 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 wrinkle that they're giving me here is that it's not an official seller. They gave the example of Best Buy. You know, they would cover it, you know. But because it's a third party seller through the Amazon platform, which it kind of annoys me because, I mean, a lot of these resellers, they're just I mean, they're just labels on top of on top of Amazon. I mean, Amazon handles the stock. They handle the shipping. Like I've looked into this, you know, you can basically have Amazon handle your entire store. No, and when it when it's prime, it's prime because it's fulfilled by Amazon. They are the fulfiller for that. You you right. you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to buy a bunch of these Fantech mice. I'm going to put them in boxes, ship them to Amazon, mm-hmm. and then Amazon's going to do everything from that point forward and send me, you know, whatever slim profits I'm going to get from them. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't I don't understand. I mean, I guess the legal, I, like I guess the if I'm trying to put if I'm trying to think about it from their perspective, I guess what they're saying is well. Uh, there are a whole host of different things that could go wrong from unauthorized third parties mm-hmm. selling our product. And so we can't take liability for that. I'm thinking primarily like the first thing that comes to mind is counterfeits. Yeah. Right. And, so I part mean, of their part of their process of authorizing, like saying you are an authorized reseller is validating that the product their sell actually comes from our warehouse. Now, the fact that they have a valid serial number that they can trace through to that reseller kind of tells me that it's not counterfeit. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it had an actual right. It had an actual serial number. And I mean, they can you can see that I was ordering it through Amazon. But I mean, basically, they've got fine print that it's like unless it's from us or a handful of explicit sellers you know we're not honoring your they're you're not out of luck yeah and mm. so um really i mean like if i didn't have valid information i i, I don't know it, it, it felt gross if it, it felt really really gross to you know have this company just you know completely uh absolve themselves of re, of responsibility i was actually talking to somebody at my company about uh, i was telling them this story and they pointed out um another hardware i forget i forget who it was um doesn't matter it was a network hardware vendor who does the same thing unless you bought unless you bought the equipment explicitly through them or just a handful of very specific resellers um or sellers they're not going to get they're not they, they're not going to there you get no hardware warranty i mean that's a huge yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's just it's just crazy. This is nuts. So, um, you know, that I, I, I went back and forth on it. It's really uh, ultimately I decided I, I went out and bought a handful of other uh, mice to try. Um, 
because uh, honestly, I've had two in probably two years and they've both broken in the exact same way, which would indicate some kind of, uh, you know, hardware fabrication defect that you are using it wrong. Yeah. Somehow if I I put my Steve Jobs turtleneck on. That's right. Yeah. I'm pushing the button the wrong way. (laughs) Apparently it's not supposed to go down. It's supposed to just sit there and look pretty, which is actually the, the Apple way that this stuff works you're not supposed to push the button just gently caress it frank you're supposed to look at it you're (laughs) supposed to look at it yeah so so we actually did talk about fantech uh it was in episode four that was not our pick though our pick was the mx master from logitech which which funny enough i no longer use you say it fanatic is the way you say it not fantech fanatic f-n-a-t-i-c F-A-N-T. No, not F-A-N. F-N. F-N-A-T-I-C. Fanatic. You need to send me that link because I definitely <laughs> wrote wrote and linked to the wrong keyboard vendor then. <laughs> Maybe we talked about the keyboard, but not the mouse. Um, let me well, see. I do. It's this note here. The only thanks to the magic of Google, Fantech only comes up. Well, and it is Fantech in this case. Yeah. Only comes up on one page. Now, how are you spelling? I'm just sent you the uh, link. I just sent you the link. Take a look at it. Okay, so you can see right. it. F N A T I C, and you say it like like the the full word fanatic, as in the Philly fanatic, the greatest uh, professional sports F-N-A-T-I-C. mascot of all time. T I C. It's good radio right here. It's this is this is wonderful. No, we don't have that linked on the. So I've been I've been pointing. Don't worry about rescinding the pick because I've been sending people been to the sending wrong people to the wrong thing anyway. Time. Fantastic. We're gonna have to issue a, <laughs> alert the affiliate. We're gonna have to issue a correction for this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go on air and then I'm gonna have to take some time off to spend with my family. This is a scandal. This is an absolute scandal. <laughs> my goodness. Uh, and it's really disappointing, too, because uh, it's it's a really big, beefy mouse. Um, I, I have a, you know, I'm six foot. I have a fairly large hand uh, and I do a claw grip, which means that I like to wrap my you know giant bear paw and actually like hard grab the whole mouse. And so having something that's very, you know, having a, a oversized mouse, essentially feels really mm. good and comfortable in my hand and there aren't a lot of those options out there um yeah. and this was the best one that i've ever used and um between the fact that the i've had two in in two years and they both broke the exact same way and then mm. this warranty stuff that felt just great you know like i i get it on the one hand i totally get it you this is a third party how are you supposed to know how can they justify how can they verify I, I get that. At the same time, I gave you a whole bunch of validating information that would clearly indicate that it is a, a real, you know, it's a genuine product, uh, you know, and, I, you know, you can look up the serial number. Has anyone registered the serial number as part of a, you know, you know, warranty registration? Right. That's not guaranteed. That's not foolproof. But this to me and the reason I brought it to the show, like one, if it was a, if it was a pick then i needed to back it out because the thing breaks forget the warranty the thing breaks it's disappointing yeah um but two this just feels like something that you could that is easy to get right and really really stupid to get wrong and how you know it simple get the simple things right you know here in in this in this case you had a customer come to you 
genuinely you know, like the product, just looking for some, some help and some service. Is it possible that I'm, that I am, you know, taking them for a ride that I'm committing, you know, I don't know, warranty fraud. I don't know what it would actually be called. Is that possible? Sure. How many of these cases are they getting? Like, really? Hmm. How many? If you, so, so to me, the, you know, this is where the business owner and me, I flipped the switch and I went, okay, I'm going to put myself in their shoes. It's going to be a financial decision. How many of these cases am I getting? And how much, if I handle all of them, I replace all of them, how much does that actually cost? How much is that? Am I actually out? What percentage could I reasonably guesstimate would be um, uh, um, fake? You know, how, how many of them would actually be some, some kind of right. duplicitous, uh, underhanded behavior? Is that percentage really worth the bad karma? That you're going to well, generate from it, people who just about bought it, it, it happened to buy it from a store that you didn't directly contract with. Is it really worth that? And that's well, the part I think, I think about it like a I think about it like a marketing cost. It's a line yes, item on the marketing budget. It's a line. To, this becomes a line item. That's exactly what it should yeah. be. Yeah. And and so to me, this seems unless it's a line item, it, you know, you have to do the math for sure. But if the math makes Enough no, my sense. point wasn't that it's a lineup. My point item was that oh. it's marketing. Like this oh, is not like oh, product development. Right. This is like like refunding equipment, and you're not entirely sure it's genuine in the first place. That's a great way that to put it. Marketing. Put it in the put it in the marketing bucket. That's a great point. So you could actually for 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 folks like me who apply, do a third party, and yeah, you've got your paperwork so that you've got your legal cover. If you ever really needed to flex that muscle, but you don't want to flex that muscle. So you go ahead and yeah. you do it anyway. And it's a cost. And then you just tack it into your to your to your marketing efforts. That to me, because look at the conversation that we're having right now. You know, mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. this is this to me is is e- this is easy stuff. You had a customer yeah. genuinely like the product, wanted you know, is, is enjoying it, wanted it more break, of it, wanted fact, more even of though it, it broke, even though it <clears throat> broke, wanted more of it. And you said no because they bought it from the wrong person. Like, how are they? Yeah. How am I supposed to know that? How am I supposed to? I mean, I, I mean, I sh- I could. Again, I'm trying trying to be you know fully fair and with this one and equitable with this. It is entirely possible that I could have gone to the Fanatic website and found the official resellers and gone through their site and through their official sellers. So I could have found that information out. But who honestly does that? I went to Amazon. I found the mouse. Somebody selling it. They had prime shipping. Click, new, click, done. That was it. That was the entire thought process here. You know, that is how this stuff happens. And so this to me just feels it's it's simple. It's 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 really it simple. Does, it does make you wonder though, what what how how many of these this company or prior companies in the industry, what rate of returns they have. And what data they have on ratio of fraudulent versus which valid is, right, which is why I said claims. Right. So yeah, that, because I mean, it may not. There may like Fanatic may they may not have a problem with this, but because enough of their management worked at other companies that did have a problem. Now right. this is the policy, and you know, like I get, I you totally like you're looking at this. You totally understand how they arrive at this conclusion and at this policy. Yeah, I mean, it but is you the also policy. it does. Like, I, I am not a, in. I I don't fit the policy. Right. They're 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 totally. But as an inf- in the in the, by the writing. They are 100% in the right. Yeah. 100%. But not as, but, but not as a, 
not even not as a consumer but as an enthusiast and as a professional right. you you want them to do the right thing or to try to well right like it would just be you you want them to do the right thing and and you you want to be the, the it's these kinds of opportunities i i i have and this my understanding but I, I, not to cut you off there, That's but okay. my understanding is that I can't just go and become a fanatic reseller in an unauthorized way. How would that happen? How would I actually make money? Because what I'm going to do if I'm a reseller, I'm trying to make margin, right? Mm -hmm, I'm going to mm -hmm. try to get I'm going to try to get product at a discount uh, and sell it for more than that. If I'm not an authorized reseller, it's not like I'm getting wholesale wholesale pricing. Mm -hmm. So how how how? The reseller, the, the reseller that you how use in this, this transaction, how, this how they get the product? How did they get the product? Would it be really because so they because because I'm going with you. If if Fanatic has a wholesale program and some of those uh, clients, uh, from their perspective, some right. of those clients are authorized and some are not, and it's right. some bullcrap thing like you got to pay to get a sticker on our website, mm -hmm. then I'm actually a lot more aggravated at Fanatic. It's a much worse look for them. Uh, then because that's, that's I mean, like, otherwise, how is this company in business? Because you're going to go and you're going to look for the mouse. You're going to look for, you know, best price, right? Right. That's what you so, do. I want if it's new, an $80 mouse. I want it brand new uh, sealed in the box. That's what I want for the best possible price. That, that's my that's my right. requirements. That's it. So presumably it. you're looking at the Fanatic website. You see it and it costs $85. You go, hey, can I get this on Amazon? Oh, look, it's $84 or $86, whatever it is. It's mm -hmm. free two-day shipping. So you buy it from there. If that, if that piece of, if that item of stock was not purchased at wholesale pricing, that seller on Amazon is losing money. Right. Which means they had to have gotten better than, better than MSRP pricing on the lot right which means fanatic knows damn well that it did come directly well, from them would, and they sold it to them. well even if they didn't sell it directly maybe it was indirect and and they they bought it from someone else but even if that's the case it has the point stands it's though a, they know it came from them it's a, well, it's a serial <laughs> there's a serial number on it you, you know yeah. i would assume that they can track that serial number to the vendor who originally oh, yeah. got you know the lot that it came okay, so, yeah. yeah so here's the lot this lot went to this vendor. So I know it doesn't matter where, you know, I, Joe Schmo bought it from. I know that it was originally sold by us to, I don't know, Best Buy or Amazon or yeah, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whoever Corp. And then maybe whoever Corp sold it to a guy that sold mm -hmm. it to the Amazon seller. But it doesn't matter. My, I yeah. understand where these companies are coming from if their concern is a uh, uh, false uh, was, was I, I lost the word uh, 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 fakeries uh, forgeries um, oh um hello um <laughs> son of a mother um, oh my gosh uh fraud fraud, fraud. fraud. Yeah. yeah if, if fraud. it's a, if it's a right if it's not a genuine product i understand why this policy has to exist because if we're getting a bunch of people returning uh, returning non-genuine product to us as if we built it we're not going to guarantee somebody right. else's right that's that's clearly out. Of, but as soon as you have a serial number and they can tell who the lot went to, you know, you're the manufacturer, the business owner. Now I know I actually manufactured this product and yeah, it so, arrived undamaged. I am at that point well, absolutely on the hook well, hold for on. service. I mean, the end to be to be 100 percent fair, they don't know that it arrived to me brand new in the box undamaged. That's the, they 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 don't know that because it's going through the third seller. It is theoretically possible. 
from their perspective yeah, is theoretically yeah, possible I, that they ship me the they ship me the mouse in a in a ziploc bag it is entirely possible right, but that again, they did that but but shipping shipping damage aside i'm not actually worried about shipping damage i'm worried about fakes mm-hmm because I'm, okay, I'm so seeing that, that as probably the most common and most pervasive form right. of technology refund fraud. Uh, and I, I don't know why I can't come up with this word. I'm like an idiot. And today. even that, even even if even if you're worried about even if you're worried about that kind of fraud, I'm going to ship you this thing before you ship me a new one. If you really I mean, if you were really concerned about it, I'll ship it back to you. In fact, that's what I expected to do. I expected some kind of RMA process because. Yeah. This was a this was a manufacturing defect. If I'm well, no, shipping if I'm or not, the, but it's the same point. You you gave them the serial number. They validate that yeah, they manufacture even, the product. Right, done deal. It's, right? it's even, but it's possible that I, I I I fake the. It doesn't matter. Even if that was the, if we go with the you know with the with the with the fraud thing and 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 counterfeit products, which seems kind of silly, but um, even if we went that route. I, I was expecting to do an RMA where I would ship the unit back again. It was a, it, it was a hardware yeah. defect. I really like this product. I wanted to succeed. I've now had two of them break the exact same way. I want them to fix it. So here, here's the broken one. So you can see what's breaking so that you can fix it and make a better product. Like everything that I am doing in this case yeah. clearly indicates I am trying to support you. And you are, (laughs) you are literally throwing, you are kicking me to the curb. You want to, you want to shake your email client and yell, help me help you. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. And so, I I mean, there has to be, you've got to do some kind of a financial calculation. It's entirely, you know, in some random world, let's say we actually, you know, somebody from Fanatic actually sees this and, you know, uh, you know, gets back to us. Well, we've actually, we've done the math and. You know, we actually you know run the risk of losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in in fraudulent purchases each year. Okay, I get it, and I guess I'm SOL. And you know, you know, it's uh, you know, buyer beware. It's 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 my fault. Fine, okay. Right, but again, but again, RMA process. So you take the product, you validate that you manufactured it, and there's your decision point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but they could also be. I mean, maybe they're trying to. Maybe you're trying to break up a giant fanatic equipment, uh, you know, ring that's you know there's second, like a counterfeit, se- like well, not, not even a counterfeit, counterfeit, not counterfeit, like secondhand sales ring. Because that was the argument that I got was we don't know if this was shipped to you brand new because it wasn't a certified seller. They could have given it to you second or third hand. This could be used. This could be you know you could have gotten it you know beat to hell in in theory without actually being you know even if it was in the original package maybe somebody took it out and and used it for a year and a half and then put it back in the box and shipped it to you at some cheap discount. You know, that's the, mm. that's the thinking, but that to me, yeah, seems, I wonder how much given, of that actually happens. That's exactly my point. Given what we're talking, we're talking about a freaking mouse here, given the amount, given yeah. what we're talking about here, this seems like a very, <clears throat> very low risk situation to it. I see based on the information I've got, and and this is where we come back to the show content. We try and tie this back in, make this actually useful. And it's not just me kvetching about, you know, my busted mouse. I see low risk of the of the 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 the, the fraud or the secondhand thing. I see a low risk of that actually happening. At the same time, I see a very high risk of pissing off a an otherwise loyal customer. A loyal customer. 
And so given the forget everything else and if emphasis, those two are, emphasis if those two are on loyal. Yeah. If those two facts are true, this to me is a dead, simple decision. I don't think yeah. that this takes any brain power to do. Now, a frontline worker who's just going to follow the rules in the book, I get it. And so, you know, th- they're going to do what they're what the boss or what the guide and manual tells them to do. Just go, OK, fine. Like, you know, my problem's not necessarily with the individual that I, you know, that I uh, contacted here, you know. Barring additional information, this was a dumb business decision because yeah. you, you, you made me mad. I'm not buying another one. You have a genuine manufacturer issue that you are not going to be able to see and fix. Because again, two of them in two years, same button, same, same broken functionality. You've got a defect in there. You want to fix that. They're not going to get the opportunity to do that. Despite the fact that I told them that, you know, and, what we're getting, and you've what, what you're trying me off to give and now I'm sitting here f- talking about how it pissed me off. You know, it's there, right. There's nothing. Nothing good comes out of this. And you are. And now at, they're going to lose that four hundred thousand dollars a year in sales I, because clearly, all of our listeners clearly. are not buying fanatic products anymore. Hundred <laughs> you know? percent. So they've. That's, I mean, they've, they've dug themselves boy, this hole. Have they screwed the pooch on this. <laughs> now they've made the bed. Now they got to lie in it. I think that's. That's that's the free market, my friend. <laughs> that's 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 the way the cookie crumbles. What do you what that's are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, so to me, it that's just it right seems there. like it. You know, the note that I had going into the show was get the simple stuff right. This yeah. seems very very simple. It's not necessarily the most obvious solution. You know, because oh well, we don't know, so we're not going to honor it. Okay. Well, yeah, and two, and two things can be true at once, right? And so you don't have mm-hmm. to swat the fly with a Buick. What you can say is, look, we do have a counterfeit operation we're trying to to <laughs> to uh, fight against. There's these. We do these have Russian a, a secondhand seller ring that we're trying to crash. We also do have secondhand. We also do have a loyal and was growing until people heard about it on Refactored mm-hmm. uh, pop customer base. And so we're going to have a policy that we can fall back to if we need to. But we're also going to look at these cases on a case by case basis, pardon me, and try to have a little bit of thought on each one and not just blindly apply the policy as if it were some sort of hammer of Thor, but say, all right, this case looks low risk. Mm -hmm. We're going to RMA and validate it. And then if it checks out, you know, if it's, it's an older droid, but it checks out, we'll send you the replacement, no issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we'll, we'll reserve our right uh, to, to simply wield the policy as a shield when it looks like, well, this, this case is awfully fishy. Right now here's, you want to hear the most ironic part about this whole thing. So I, I, in my, you know, I got I sent them my email. They sent me the response. I sent another one saying, you know, uh, making sure I understood exactly what they were trying to you know, explain to me, you know, because they were using very, you know, soft customer support speak. And I would respond, you know, saying, so what you're telling me is and then give them the response with the, you know, the no BS, no cruft response in their final response to me. They actually pointed me. They pointed me at the Amazon. uh the the Amazon guarantee what is it the um the the A to Z guarantee Amazon's A to Z guarantee Amazon's A to Z guarantee is Amazon's way of protecting <laughs> its customers from bad purchases that they make 
from them or third parties on their platform. So if you buy something and you're not 100% satisfied with it, even if Amazon didn't sell it, even if it's one of the third parties, you can submit a ticket, explain the situation, they'll investigate it, and then they might refund you anyway. So they are telling me, stop. They are telling me. You are you joking? <laughs> so you are. So for anyone who's not keeping up, for anyone who's not keeping up, <laughs> Fnatic, who will not honor the third party reseller because they don't know where it came from, is telling me to go to Amazon's A to Z guarantee, who because might honor might. the third party reseller. <laughs> like, it just. That's <laughs> mind boggling. Mind blowing fail. It, it, you know, oh and my people gosh. wonder, you know, I, I you know, I, we have we have this nasty habit of 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 uh, of cutting down success in this country. Success is is somehow a bad thing. We look at you know we look at the victors and we think that they somehow uh, cut and cheated and 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 um, you know just wormed their way to the top of the list. And that rarely, if ever, is actually the case because the markets are really good about this kind of stuff. Amazon's in the position that it's in because it's really flipping good at what it does. See the Amazon A to Z guarantee. They are cu- they are making sure that their customers are 100% satisfied, which is going to keep them coming back. The reason Amazon is the is is the Amazon is because of policies like this. And for this for this other seller to point at a policy that they themselves could very easily adopt is the height of business tone deaf. I was stunned when I saw that. And you know what? You know what's even more surprising? This is not uh this is not a silly little fly-by-night company. Like Fnatic, like looking at them, they have they have a lot of partners, they have a lot of products, they're in different like I mean they sell into Best Buy. It's not like this is this some is, fly-by-night operation, you know? No, this this is the kind of operation that appeals to enthusiasts. And I yeah. would like there's those companies, they get a following because they have a good product. Yes, but they also get a good following when they take care of their customers, mm-hmm. when they yeah. build a community of fans and they do all the feels and all that kind of bull crap. Um, and so it's surprising to me that that you'd have a, a company in this position be so uh, rigid, be so yeah. kind of yep. corporate. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, it, it was I was. Uh, I, I didn't even respond after I got the A to Z guarantee. I, I, I couldn't at that point. I realized that I was talking to a wall huh. because if you yeah. if you can in, if you can intelligently give me this recommendation without realizing the utter hypocrisy that you are with demonstrating a with a straight face, if yeah. you can point me to Forget this A to Z it. with a straight face, then I think we're done here. Yeah, I think we're done. Yeah. I, I, it just <laughs> that that shocked. <laughs> it was unbelievable. So it. it in, and 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 this can apply to, I mean, this can apply to anything. You know, it, for 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 us in in our world, a lot of times it's requests from customers, and and a lot of times they they come in in these one offs, and it's not necessarily tied directly to your product, or you're you're it's not it doesn't fit perfectly within the statement of work, or the contract is already expired, things like that. You know, there's always, you know, things don't necessarily fit into the nice, neat box, but if it's something, if you can do it, you should. Now, 
if you could do it. That's a I mean, I, I'm leaving a lot of wiggle room there deliberately. So sometimes they're asking you to basically do a whole other project for free. And that's not what I'm suggesting. But you need to take this on a case by case basis. If you can do it, if it's a if it's a small, simple thing that you can do for the well, customer, even if I it think- doesn't fit the policy. You yeah, that, but that's, the, that's what it. I wanted to point out. That's the key. You you can have so like you you need to have policies and you need oh, to have sure. contracts if you're yeah. doing business and and they need to be structured in a way that that sees your a right. That's the whole point of them. That's and and it's about setting expectations. the The largest bit of seeing your a they do is setting proper expectations up front, mm-hmm, right? You mm-hmm. they avoid far more litigation than they solve at the end of the day. Well, that's litigation or conflict or whatever it is. It's getting out in front of issues. So you need to have the policies. You need to have the contracts. You need to think through this stuff, you know, a little defensively. Sure. Right. That's why it's there. But but you you need to use that as a shield when 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 you need it, you should not use it to hide behind doing the meaningful work. One of the things that we we like to say in in our business, because we do a lot of statements of work and contracts and things like that, you know, the joke is. That we do all this work on the paper and then we hope that neither party ever has to look at the thing again. That's the goal is to just yeah, I mean, that's, you, you, yeah. you put the you put the words down yeah. on paper and that's but that's really that's the baseline requirements. And it's really, like you said, CYA. And then you push it out of your mind. And you actually go about doing right by the customer. And, and you know, the, the statement of work, the, no, le- and that's, the legality and that's is, you, is you, you don't go too far. About you you go too far when you use those policies, those contracts to simply avoid hard decisions or, mm-hmm. you know, thorough, like, like considered thought, mm-hmm. which seems to be, you know, it, it sounds like what's happening here, although I can't say, but uh, it's just, uh, yeah. I, I, although, you know, now that I'm, now that we've, you know, now that I've had this discussion, it makes me wonder if there isn't some, uh, some lucrative secondhand fanatic peripheral market that i could tap uh, into here i i'm feeling i'll tell you what you know i want to find this this uh this russian fanatic ring this yeah and russian fanatic underground i'm a i'm Maybe a new member internet millions there i'm a new member of the russian fanatic underground there you go <laughs> i'll tell you if you if you're looking i have the i went back to a logitech i have the g502 light speed it's, okay. uh, it's a nice, it's a nice mouse. Hold, hold it up. Uh, Can you hold it up to the monitor so get, for, for me yeah, and everyone else it. to not see? For, for, yeah, for everybody listening, I will okay, show that, it to you. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, I've, I've seen that um, one. That one's okay. I actually have, I have one, two, three, I have four mice sitting, new, new mice sitting at my desk right now that I am test driving. And honestly, I'll probably just keep all of them because I tend to eat them, it seems. Um... So I have a buy of one from HyperX. I've got one from Corsair. I've got one from Steel Series. And uh, what was the other one? Or maybe it was three. Yeah, maybe it was just three. Um, and so far, I mean, they all feel pretty good. The one that has the most, the nice big chunky grip so far is the Corsair. And that's uh, hold on, hold on. I gotta get the bucks. The box. Um, the Corsair Iron Claw is the one that I I, I think I like the most because it's a nice it's it's a big meefy for a claw mm-hmm. grip guy like me. It's perfect. 
Uh, but I also have this other one from Hyper X. And it just has iron claw. It just has that kind of like MMO taste to it. You know, iron claw. It's, yeah. It's, you know. now, te- now, technically, it's not an MMO mouse. I actually don't like those. They have the they have the button pads where the thumb no, is. No, I'm not talking. I'm not talking okay. about the, you know, with the nine or 12 extra buttons. I, I, I looked those. at those before, too. Don't and like I just those. I it's not for me. It does, Yeah, I, I do not it's like it's not for me. Yeah, it's that's a lot of little buttons to be pushing with my big old um, Neanderthal thumb. Um, the other one that I'm using uh, that I actually have hooked up right now is the HyperX. What is this? HyperX is a uh, Kingston brand. Um, HyperX Pulse Fire Haste. What's really cool about this one? Uh, let me see if I can hold it up. Look at is that. It the name makes me want to vomit. Well, forget the name. You see how it's see-through? It's like you see this honeycomb ventilated. thing? It's ventilated. Exactly. How often yeah. are you using a mouse for extended periods and your hand starts to get all sweaty? You get that sweat on your on your palm and then the mouse actually, your grip starts to go. This is actually- That is probably a claw grip problem because I've never had this. How sweaty are your palms, dude? I I guess fairly sweaty. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I mean- it happens after extended on a scale of on a scale of one to ten. How sweaty are your palms? <laughs> and why a, is your answer nine uh, on a scale of one to Russian bathhouse? What is your what is your sweat level currently I, in this in this moment? <laughs> um, it, it happens. It happens during when I'm it, it doesn't happen at work too often unless I am doing a, um, if I'm doing design work. It'll happen if, like, if I'm doing that kind of stuff because my hand is on the mouse for really long. So you're really, but it's much more rolling hard. It's like, much more. Well, I mean, like Photoshop and things like that. You're you know, you're moving yeah. bits around, um, but it happens much more with um, uh, with gaming sessions, of course. Um, and I don't know, like if I'm if I've got it consistently for two hours, I don't know. It's it's it, it's um, and it also depends on the temperature in the room and humidity and things like that. So, I mean, it's not an always thing, but it's it's happened to me. Yeah, enough but you're also that, but you're I also like slightly menopausal with your body temperature oh, regulation yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what you're talking about. Lots of people like their bedrooms at 60 degrees. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lots, lots of, of people, year old women, lots like their, of people <laughs> like their bedroom windows open in the dead of winter. I don't understand what is so weird about this. <laughs> yes. And lots of people from Sweden and Norway agree with you. I mean, maybe I'm part Swedish. I don't know. <laughs> Swedish. Yeah. With that accent, for sure. <laughs> I mean, did that, that sound is, legitimate? That, novel, that sounded legitimate. If I, no, you sound like a schmuck. <laughs> no, if I. I tell you what, though, if I had like if I had if I had uh, SPD, sweaty palm disease, then yeah. I would actually that ventilated design that would uh, Swedish, that would actually appeal to me. Palms, Swedish sweaty palms. It's, it's just it's, no boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it it's it's nice and light, and uh, yeah, it does keep it it does keep it cool, but it's also not very weighty. I do one of the reasons I like the big chunky ones too is that they're, they're heavy. Oh, I do like yeah. that. I actually I like, like them weight. when they have them when they got the weight. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a number of years, but for a while, Logitech was selling models that actually had these little weight tabs that you could no, push into no, them the, and adjust the, the weights. The, oh, does this the 502. Oh, look at that. There so, it is. Yeah, they're still doing so that. On, nice. the, on the arm end of the 502, there's a little circle that pops out with, with adjustable weights mm-hmm. and uh, under it, and it just sits in there with magnets. Under that is where the, uh, where the uh, wireless dongle sits, so you can travel with it easily without losing the little uh usb thing which is kind of cool yeah nice i did not realize that um yeah the logitech ones for a while logitech was i mean that was it logitech was the stuff 
And then I feel like Logitech got too much of its own of its own head inside of itself. And they started yeah. building stuff that got they started building some really weird, you know, overly engineered, overly elaborate. They had really crap. well thought. They had well thought, well built yep. stuff. And then I, I think you're right. They they started overthinking like even, it. Like even the one that you got there, one of the reasons that I didn't like it, I tried it in the store, is it's got mm-hmm. a lot of these hard right angles. And that's not how a hand works. You know, like it's it's supposed to be ergonomic. Again, claw grip. Like I'm not I'm not yeah, doing the claw grip thing. I guess it's, it's yeah. just perfectly ergonomic for me. I don't I don't have an issue. Cause it's only it's resting on my fingers, like from the first knuckle down is really all that ever touches the mouse. Yeah. This was something I didn't, I, I actually, um, I did an article in my blog way back when about this, when I was doing, um, I had a similar situation, old mouse busted, found a new one. And I actually found out they build mice for two different grip styles, claw grip, which is what I've described and palm grip, which is what you've described where your hand just kind of floats on top of it. And you don't mm-hmm. actually push. You don't, you don't actually squeeze it. You don't actually push weight on it. You just kind of let no, your the, hand the rest contact there. Points for my wrist, the, the contact points are uh, the corner of my hand by my wrist and then my fingertips. That's what contacts. Uh, see, Everything else is super weird. Floating. That is so weird. I, because I, my arm. I couldn't so do that. Part of it, though, I, I have my that. sense. I have my mouse sensitivity really high. My yeah, arm does not too. move when I'm using my, my arm never moves. Oh, see, my moves like, a little bit. I, like, actually, I move my it, wrist. I move my wrist. So I was I was teasing you about the sweaty palms. I will get if I'm there for a while, I will get a sweaty arm oh, because see? that literally uh-huh. rests on the table and doesn't move. So uh, I'll see you on that. Yeah. Mm. OK. A little, little hypocritical there. I'm, uh, you know, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You know what really before. grinds my gears? <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I found out about claw versus palm grip. And so now I know to look for specific mice claw and grip. really yep. it has been the iron claw and for, yeah, basically it has been, yeah, I mean, it has claw in the name. So I knew that that was a good sign and it's really just give me the beefiest, chunkiest mouse you can find. And, and that'll be the most comfortable for my, um, for mm-hmm. my hand. So, uh, Yeah. But do the, I mean, do, just, just do I mean, simple. This is, this is, this is simple stuff. It's, it's easy to get this stuff right. And the penalties for getting it wrong are really bad. And I, I just, I was really, I was really disappointed when I, um, you know, when that, when that, when those messages came back, because, you know, it's like, I had all this good karma built up. I really liked the product. I actually didn't mind the branding. They, they do sponsors and, you know, sp- they sponsor gaming teams and, you know, I like that. I enjoy, I enjoy that stuff. Usually that means it's a good product because it has to put up with some serious, you know, abuse. And I mean, in, in, in three emails, in three emails, the whole thing went, it's just stupid. That is a stupid, stupid reason for, for things to go south. I think. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to come up with some analogy. This is just like in uh, indiscriminate application of policy or so there's, there's some funny sounding, Mm -hmm. there's some funny sounding quip there that I could come up with if I was a a smart person. Yeah. And, and new words and stuff. Yeah. Alas. Uh, Well, anyway, that was the big thing on my docket this week. What's going on with you? Anything new? No, not, uh, not, not a terrible lot. I do. I do want to give a shout out. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Justin. Uh, I'm not going to call him out fully, but he, he knows who he is. I, I, uh, I was. Uh, do I know this, Justin? To, 
Do I know this? No, Justin? I do. You do. I do. Okay. Uh, All right. Justin and I, we go, we go way back. We go way back. Me and Justin, um, okay. that we're really tight. Uh, we met, uh, we met a few weeks ago and, uh, he said he's been giving us a listen. And so Justin, if you're out there, <laughs> he's a good sport. He's a good sport. Uh, uh way Justin, to go, if you're Justin. out there, shout Thanks out to you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks buddy. <laughs> really appreciate well, I've that. I've actually been. <laughs> I've actually been back on the uh, back on the keyboard a little bit the last couple of weeks fighting with servers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say, um, it is uh, it's depressing to me how easy it is to get wires crossed when you have like different teams with different areas of response. I always talk about oh, the reason yeah. I'm bringing this up is is just stri- strive to have overlap. Okay. A little bit of overlap. Yes. This is like my philosophy of 2021 is my my uh coming into the philosophy. I want a little bit of overlap everywhere because that means I know there aren't gaps, but it's not a lot of overlap, which means you're doing a lot of duplicate work, right? There's a balance there. Mm-hmm. Um but you have different teams for different functions and let's say they're like uh you know, you have um a development team and a support team and an IT team and some other team and all, and all of these. And, and it's amazing. The smallest crack, it's amazing how much falls through and gets oh. lost in translation. Oh, and you can oh, have, you can have an initiative that's, I mean, would take, uh, you know, like a week on paper, stretch into months and block all sorts of other stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of a little tiny gap. Mm-hmm. And where I where I'm finding that most, um, I guess most ob- I'm not going to say most impactful, but most obvious is documentation. Mm-hmm. So, like, especially if you're in a team, you know, I know I know your teams are a little more atomic and and a little more narrow focused. Um, if you've got, let's say, you've got like some IT stuff going on and network stuff and security stuff and application stuff and software stuff and right. Um, I, I'm finding it more and more useful to make sure that when a team is producing documentation for their little corner of the world, being very explicit about trying to make sure that their documentation overlaps with the adjacent teams, mm-hmm. because it's that that's where I think it's most valuable because we can say, oh, yeah, but it's easy to say, oh, yeah, but they're already documenting the firewall or they're already documenting the storage array or whatever it is. Are they? No, but I want Are you, you to sure? Give me- <laughs> well, and, and that's part of it. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. And we can say, yeah, on paper, they should be. But in reality, people get busy. Things don't always get done on time. And, you know, it's it's it's. While a project is in flight and still growing, documentation is like usually a thing that's done after, even though it shouldn't be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I find putting that focus in really illustrates if you've got gaps, you will see them quickly uh, if you if you start asking for that. Um, yep. And that's been and now now I've uh, uh, that's that's sort of my that's my th- and I know I've I've said it recently with this this overlap philosophy. I got I got to find some better words to put around well, that. I would actually I mean, out, it's but. not just it's not just overlap with, uh, um, you know, making to make sure to ensure things are 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 totally covered. It's also. Um, uh, I've dealt with I've dealt with situations in the past that uh, you know, if if all the work is going through a single team or a single individual and there's a lot of work coming in and that one spot gets 
bottlenecked. Things don't necessarily have to fall through the cracks so much as just back up far enough that things start to fall off, fall off the top of the pile. Right. The team didn't necessarily ignore it or forget it or anything like that. There's just so much sitting there that Mm -hmm. things don't get done in a timely enough fashion. And it ends up falling through the crack in the sense that the due date for it passed or, you know, it in some way expired. That is just as bad. And so if you have overlap on the teams, it actually helps keep the the when you have a gatekeeper for things. And, you know, there are plenty of good reasons to have gatekeepers all over the place. But when you have a gatekeeper, having that overlap actually helps keep things prioritized appropriately, you know, so that you can. All right. I got to take care of this. OK, this one can wait, but it can only wait so long. And, you know, knowing that like there are things that are going to go late, but if this one goes late, it's going to have a cascade effect. So even if it's not a high priority, the stuff downstream of it is. And so that's got to go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. And I have seen these kinds of bottlenecks happen in all sorts of departments. I mean, you you, you can it can happen anywhere, Um, but it's really bad, I think, when the 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 team or the individual is kind of isolated and they work in their own ecosystem and they don't have enough direct consistent overlap and attention or connection with other teams or or um teammates or departments and things like that and so it's i mean you don't even have to necessarily do anything to fix this problem that's just it like their their day-to-day workload doesn't necessarily have to change you just have to put them in touch and put them in front of these other teams with more regularity, make them attend a standup where they just kind of, I mean, they sit there and digest. That's all they have to do. Just being in the room, knowing Mm -hmm. it, it, we, we have this. Well, and it's, we, it's, we have, and it can be a two point swing because not only not only do you take uh, what what used to be maybe a cube wall boundary, you know, a proverbial mm-hmm. cube wall boundary. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when you wind up with a gap and things fall through. You've taken that. Not only have you closed it, but now you're actually creating a point where the two teams are. Actively cooperating towards the middle. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually it right. actually winds up being a two point swing because now that's a strong point in the chain of communication and in the chain of coordination uh, or mesh of you know whatever analogy you want to use that actually becomes a, a a point of strength in the dynamic of the project rather than a potential weakness. It's not just closing the weakness; right. it's actually building that that crossed it. Especially if you have lots of little teams right. on something, yeah. yeah. And this key. is and 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 this is actually the exact definition of what true DevOps actually is too. Ironically, because DevOps is 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 not its own it's not its own thing. It's actually supposed to be that overlap in the Venn diagram of the you know handing off from mm-hmm. the software development to the IT operations to run the thing. You know, if you just have those two people in the room at the same time, you know, at the same desk, yep. they're both mm-hmm. rowing in the same direction. They've got some personal accountability to each other. And more importantly, they they develop a um, an interpersonal relationship, mutual respect. Yeah. Once you have that personal connection, th- this thing naturally greases its own skids, Fixes which is itself. why you actually don't need to do a whole lot structurally. You just need to put these people in the room together. So if you if you've got a DevOps, so if you're doing if you've got a DevOps problem or a DevOps challenge, just Get the relevant individuals. Just you forget the communication. Force these people into a room together and say, you are now part of, you know, 
a singular team, even if it's just for this project, for this period of time, you know, it's like you two or three or whomever, you're all in the same bucket. You all have the same objective. You all have the same top-down pressure. Get it done. And just simply in doing that, you build those, you have given a reason for these, for these interpersonal bonds to form. And that problem will nine times out of 10 solve itself. The sticky part is because they, they tend to come from different silos. It's getting the, <laughs> it's the same problem bumped up a level. It's getting the two, the two managers above, above those, those disparate teams to agree to put them together. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's usually the challenge. But if you can get past that, you know, great you job, can- Frank, you've just moved the problem elsewhere. So, <laughs> like, well, yeah, because your problem was elsewhere, yeah. it turns out. Yeah, it's, you it, only have silos at the bottom because you've got silos above. That's How do you think that stuff happens, man? Like, yeah. put two and two together here, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, eventually they all I mean, all org charts, you know, you know, org trees are are inverted org charts are inverted trees. You know, these things do eventually reach a a, a merge point, you know, the. The I guess the catch is making sure that a you know the person who you know where those points merge is you know recognizes the the overlap and interplay in the teams below them and generally I would say most most managers most executives they get that stuff I, I, again I, I think that um, you know there, there's there's a there's a natural tendency to look at to look at leadership as you know you know I, I'm going to sit back in my big thick leather chair and you know just collect mad checks while everyone does the work below me yeah. and that of course is. Yeah. Not the case at all. Most of these people have worked. I, I would, it all. I'll, I'll, I'll say all. All these people have worked really, really hard to get, you know, to climb where they were at with with very few exceptions. I mean, you're in a like a one percent uh, level of you know margin error. So, um, yeah, yeah they, because they, our they chairs, I mean, you can know, overlap our. You know, look at you, look at you and me, for example, our chairs are not leather at all. They're they're mesh because it breathes when you're butt in seat for 12 hours a day. You need a breathable seat and back, my friend. Like you can't Mm -hmm. this like faux or like real leather even. Oh, Mm -hmm. man, that's it. You want to talk about sweaty body parts. Mm -hmm. You just sit in a leather chair at a desk for a couple of hours, my friend. Exactly. And this is not a good time. Let's let's be honest. Kicking your feet up while everyone around you does all the work. That's fun for a little bit. (laughs) Is awesome. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> In fact, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to let you play out the rest of the podcast. I'm going to put my feet up right here. <laughs> see, I'm establishing. You see what I'm doing now? I'm establishing dominance yeah. by assuming uh-huh. the role of the superior in this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, you just go ahead and kick your feet up there, and and I'll uh, you know I'll do all the heavy lifting here, and uh, you know play us out because that's. Uh, that's what I do. It's anyway. up to you, my friend. That's, it's up yeah. to you. <laughs> this is your bur- This is your glorious purpose. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another great episode of uh, the Refactor Podcast. Thanks again to my uh, perennial co-host Chris. Always a great conversation. Um, you can he- read more of uh, Chris's writings at chris.tonkinson.com. You can get some of my stuff at Hot Coals. K-O-E-H-L-S dot com. Uh, stuff about the show. You can go to refactor.work. Uh, if you have feedback for us, you can email it to us, feedback at refactor.work. Uh, feel free to send us uh, audio clips, too, if you, you know, asking your question. We'll play them on air. Um, let's see. Uh, this has been episode 33. Uh, thanks again, folks. We'll see you for the next one. Thanks, Frank. Later. <laughs>